right, everybody, welcome back to the pep talk version of the Taking Care of Business podcast. Uh, we hope you guys all had a wonderful and productive Memorial Day. I know in the retail world, uh, Memorial Day is a little bit different uh, than it is for most people because most of us are thinking about uh, sitting on our decks and drinking beers and uh, and eating bratwursts uh, while you guys are hard at work and you're in your stores toiling away. And uh, and so I, I always say, I hope you had a, a pleasant, but also a productive Memorial Day. And now uh, with that behind us, we're all kind of getting back into the uh, regular flow of work during the time of COVID. And I'm sure it was uh, an interesting Memorial Day weekend for all of you home improvement retailers. And, uh, and it was, uh, from what I noticed, it, just from who I talked to and kind of buzzing about town a little bit over the weekend, the home improvement stores certainly seemed like they were busy. So I, I hope it was a very productive weekend for you. But as we get back into the uh, swing of things, and as we get back into the post-Memorial Day, post-first uh, uh, Memorial Day under COVID lockdown uh, flow of business, we thought it would be great to bring back an old friend of the program. And so our first three-time guest uh, is coming back to talk to us about his experience during lockdown. Uh, we'll do the PG version of that. And uh, also learn a little bit about what he's hearing about that's going on out there in the industry. We welcome Jim Robish from the Farnsworth Group to talk to us again. Jim, how are you doing and how, how is lockdown treating you? Well, first of all, I'd have to say I'm, I'm honored that, uh, one, you called me a friend and now the, I'm a, the three-timer. Uh, <laughs> so... So what 50 people wouldn't participate today? <laughs> we had multiple cancellations before we got to you. I figured it so, Well, I was uh, kind of surprised because I reached out to you and said, hey, Jim, I think maybe this is a result of co- the, 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 the lockdown uh, fever, whatever you want to call it, because I, I, I contacted you and said, hey, Jim, w- w- would you like to come back on the podcast? We have the slot open to record I think it was today or maybe and you're like, let's do it today. <laughs> so, so maybe it's a nice little diversion from your regular, uh, regular uh, lockdown routine, but uh, a whatever. diversion and a pleasant one at that. <laughs> well, for now, but uh, yeah. how's everything going in the, at, at Casa de Robish uh, during the uh, lockdown? Actually pretty good. Um, the, uh, once you get used to, to being locked down, I guess the biggest problem I had was, as you know, uh, we're avid Indy 500 fans, right? And it doesn't even seem like we had a Memorial Day weekend. Um, watching last year's race on re- replay just didn't cut it for me. But uh, no, we're doing quite well, um, functioning well as a company, uh, working from afar. Um, yeah. So that's worked. Um, if we need to go into our offices. Um, the building is pretty much empty. Yeah. Um, right. So, you know, the safety, uh, everybody's, you know, trying to be as, as cautious as they can. Um, I think, uh, productivity wise, as I watch, you know, what we're doing with our, our studies and so on, um, you know, we're right there. We're right on yeah. the time frames we need to be. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I think people are going to be <laughs> wanting to stay home longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think we, we've said this to our staff as well. We're, your business and our business, for the most part, 
we're we're in a fortunate situation that that working from home is is an option for us. Um, I don't know if I'm essential an essential employee. I know I know most people at NRHA would say I'm pretty non-essential. I don't know about you at Farnsworth, but but they'd probably prefer I stay away from the office longer. <laughs> a lot of things seem to get done while I'm out. Brad called me has called me the highest risk staff person there. So. <laughs> but that was well before COVID, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> what can I say? But no, uh, uh, things are holding up quite well. The uh, uh, Our business is remarkably strong. Um, people, I think, are to the point that, you know, business has to go on. Um, the uh, And they want to make sure they're doing it right. Um, I think we're very blessed that our industry has been quite uh, resilient in these types of situation, but especially now being deemed essential, uh, certainly uh, has played a hand in you know business being off the charts for a lot of people. Yeah, and those that we work with, whether it be manufacturers or wholesalers, distributors, whoever, uh, you know, they got to get product. Uh, they got to get product to the customer, to their customers, to get to the consumers who are limited where they can go and buy things. Yeah, it's certainly been an interesting time for home improvement retailers while they're trying to deal with all the different um, different challenges of, of working in these conditions with social distancing and so on. Business seems to be quite literally, in many cases, kind of record-setting pace for, for most of these retailers. And I know, Jim, a big part of what you do is you get out there and you talk to distributors and you talk to retailers, very similar to kind of my usual uh, kind of pace of work. What are you doing these days to try and stay connected with retailers and distributors and manufacturers? Are you just working the phones a lot, a lot of Zoom meetings, or what are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, a lot of Zoom meetings. Um, <clears throat> although I cut the picture off a lot of times because I just don't feel like getting up combing my hair. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, we're doing, uh, one of the things that's been very advantageous for us is our weekly COVID-19 survey. Right, yeah. We do, you know, a thousand consumers and like 400 contractors. Um, one, it allows us to keep our pulse on what's really happening out there. Because uh, I'm like you, I mean, I. I was at some stores this weekend and you know, I basically left because the lines were so long. Right. Um, but uh, good thing that, uh, you know, that they were open because people had stuff to do, but it seems that like you were saying, they're busy. Um, but even when you talk to people, they're busier than normal. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, the contractor side of that survey is telling us there's a little concern going forward, but now maybe we see that easing off too. So, you know, every week we're sending that out there. Uh, I talk to, I think sometimes my clients are a little bored and they call and uh, <laughs> they, they like to joke with me too. So we won't go there. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the big thing is, I think you were saying is the challenges that they were facing more operationally um, than marketing wise or sales wise because the sales were there. Um, the other thing I'd have to say is that uh, if ever there was a time that people who figured out their solution to e-commerce and understood how to uh, you know, program 
you know, BOPUS and uh, the other aspects of having online a central part of their business, um, they're reaping the benefits now because the numbers that we hear from people who are, you know, up 76%, 80% compared to those who aren't, who are still up 25%. Um, but I think, you know, now we've got to, you know, okay, wake up. This is the new reality. Yeah. And uh, that new reality is, um, it's funny because for some dealers, it's really scary. And for others, they're just looking at it as huge opportunities. Um, they're seeing customers that they never saw before uh, for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're counting the money, but they, you know, they're putting some cost and plexiglass and stuff like that yeah. in order to operate. But I think that's past them now. Well, I, I think it's, it's interesting. A couple things you point out. One, I want to go back for a second and to, to clarify kind of if you, if you're not a regular listener of the program, which I hope you are, but if you're not, and you're listening in for the first time, uh, Jim's talking about uh, the Farnsworth Group together with the Home Improvement Research Institute. They produce something and have been doing this really since the start of the outbreak, something called the COVID-19 Tracker Index. And as Jim said, that index looks at a thousand consumers a week and what did you say, 400 contractors. Yep. And uh, this is completely free for anybody that wants to sign up to get these updates. They come out every Wednesday. And we've had actually Grant Farnsworth, who, who, who is, is uh, uh, intimately familiar with the study, come on this program quite a few times now to kind of give us updates on what, it's, uh, what, what they're seeing in the study. And it, it pretty much asks the similar questions every week to, to homeowners, DIYers about what kind of projects they're doing, why they're doing the projects, what they intend to do in the coming weeks, and asks contractors questions about um, if they're having job cancellations and what their concerns are about the market. So it's been interesting to track that. And you could, uh, you could find out more about that by going to uh, the Farnsworth Group uh, webpage and signing up to receive those updates. But getting back to what you were just saying, Jim, about some of the, some of the kind of reaction that retailers have been seeing, it, it, it always seems kind of like in times of crisis when um, you don't have time to – I don't want to say fully vet things, but I've talked to several retailers that have said, you know, we were kind of middling along with our online strategy before and man, we, we've just had to turn it on and see what happens. And, and, and so it seems like this has almost been kind of a quantum leap forward for independent retailers when it comes to doing business online. Whereas before it was kind of like, we want to go through step A, B, C, D, test, test, test. Now it's like, man, we just got to get something up. And, and it seems in general that most of the folks I've talked to have been pleasantly surprised with the kind of outcome of that. So do you think this is going to kind of be, for lack of a better word, the, the kick that um, independent retailers needed to maybe move more quickly towards that kind of omni-channel? Uh, most definitely. Um, you know, our retailers and dealers, uh, they're change agents. Boy, they look they're really on top of change all the time. They're not change resistant at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think the fact that they kind of were able to get in, it wasn't really ready fire aim like a lot of things that seemed to happen, uh, but they were close enough and they had no choice. I think to um, give a shout out to their distributor and wholesaler partners uh, who assisted them in making this whole supply chain 
e-commerce function work uh, if it hadn't been for you know what they had been doing for the last 18 months two years yeah. uh, some of these people would just be you know totally out of it because everybody's going online to shop and I think the other thing is is um, I've always you know we've been <laughs> how many seminars do we give that we're out there going get your e-commerce going get your <laughs> you know, update your website uh, well now I think it's going to be become normal uh, you know, operations to make sure those are functional because let's face it consumers and uh, pros alike they're not going to necessarily go back to a harder a more difficult cumbersome way of doing business now that they've tasted the, the kool-aid so to speak and those who stay with it um, I mean it's it's a it's going to be a fundamental change in the way the end user shop for hardware oh, okay. home improvement products well, yeah, and I think that, you know, it, obviously kind of online is one of those areas, but we've also seen it in, in, in some of the other areas like uh, curbside pickup. Um, a, lot of, a lot of retailers um, that have instituted and, and, and ramped it up quickly said, you know, we're going to offer curbside uh, pickup as a function, but now uh, I think that customers have almost become used to that service. Um, it's something that I think independent retailers are going to continue to possibly offer as, now that they've kind of had to figure it out while under fire, um, uh, are going to continue to offer and the consumers have come to expect it. I mean, I think a good example is my wife never did the pick up groceries, you, you know, call them in or dial in the order ahead of time and pick them up from the curb. But now she's done that because of COVID. But she said multiple times, now this is so easy, I don't know why I wasn't doing it before, just putting in the grocery order the night before, then going by and picking it up and, and coming home with it. And, and so I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that not only are retailers noticing or, or thinking about those changes, but consumers are going to be kind of trained to act and behave differently. I think that's the overall sentiment that, why haven't I done this before? Right. And you know what? Again, once once you've done it, and it, it's so much easier, and it's so much safer, uh, and I get tired when I hear people go, well, you know, when we get this thing licked, it, it, safety won't be as big of an issue. I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be maybe the way it is today, but certainly it's going to be an issue. So curbside pickup is certainly here to stay. Yeah, we, we uh, a little bit ago, about three weeks ago now, NRHA conducted some research where we reached out to uh, about 300 different retail operations and asked them questions about COVID. And I was trying to look this up as we were talking, but one of the things we asked were, some, what are some of the business practices that you'll continue doing over the short term? And one, and we asked, will you? We will continue offering curbside pickup. And sixty over sixty three percent of the retailers agreed that that is something they're going to continue doing, even kind of beyond uh, beyond this uh, uh, COVID uh, lockdown situation. So really interesting to hear that. What are some of the other things, Jim, that you think might be lessons that we've learned during kind of the, the, the lockdown and the, the surge in business and handling operations differently and, and looking at, I, I've talked to retailers who have shortened their hours and said, I don't know if I'm, maybe, maybe I, maybe I need to keep my hours a little bit shorter, or maybe I don't need to be open till eight o'clock, maybe seven o'clock is good enough. Are there anything that sticks out to you as kind of lessons that you're hearing from retailers? 
Yeah, maybe three big ones. Um, the first would be, I think a lot of them have figured out how to run the same, or if not the same, close to the same quality of service with just less bodies. Yeah. And that's because people don't show up for work. <laughs> you know, I, some people had to close their stores for a day or two because yeah, they didn't yeah. have staff. But I think the other thing about that is we have a much more forgiving customer now because everybody's in this together and understands it. I think a second one is that when you look at how the stores typically are set up and function with customers in them, I think you're going to see some renewed emphasis on easy shopping, flow of shopping. Um, you know, the spacing has forced them to do some things uh, that, quite frankly, are probably just good for retail in general. You know, open up, open up your drive aisle for Christ's sake. It's uh, <laughs> you know, if people can see stuff, they might sell it. Uh, I think the last one and. This one is troubling to many of the dealers I'm talking to because, you know, it's going to force a change. But I think you're going to see a lot less people using print advertising. Uh, I think they've, you know, let's face it, we have trained these people through this pandemic how to shop a different way. And that different way is going online both to research, both to shop for products, also to purchase those products and that's just not going to go away as we were discussing yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so much of it, um, you know, like we've said, it's kind of like, um, akin to how you do, do things operationally, um, you know, it, it, during a disaster or, or, I mean, cause I guess, and to some extent, this is very similar to a natural disaster, in a lot of ways and you just learn things you learn how to either get by with less or you learn how to make more out of what you have and it'll be interesting to see how that translates in the months ahead S something else jim that i that i think that uh that i i've noticed and and i hope this is uh, uh, again on this on this podcast we try and keep things you know looking at at least somewhat in a positive light but i think i one of the positives that i've seen come out of this is that you always see retailers trying to work together. Uh, um, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of a misconception that because someone flies a banner in front of their store that, that they only want to help people with that same banner. I mean, we, we, we at NRHA see all the time that, you know, the we're non-denominational, as I always say at NRHA. So we welcome everyone and, uh, and, and, the retailers always seem very, very uh, open to sharing and helping one another. But I've really seen during this crisis that that seems to be spreading a little bit perhaps further throughout the industry. And I'm hoping, I don't know if you've kind of noticed that, but I'm hoping that that might be something else that we kind of see maybe at the distribution level or so on. I mean, I understand everyone's competitors, but there certainly seems to have been a lot more spirit of how can we work together to get products to market? How can we work together to support all retailers? Uh, I, I'm hopeful. I, I don't know if you might feel that same way, but I'm interested how you might feel, but I'm hopeful that this might be perhaps a sign of the industry as a whole 
working more closely together or the industry looking at maybe doing some things differently than they have in the past? What are, what are your, I mean, you're forever the optimist, Jim. So I know that, uh, I know know that uh, you'll be looking at it the same way. What what do you think about that? That, Funny. That's not what Katie says. Uh, (laughs) The, uh, well, you know, I was baptized at that same church of NRHA uh, (laughs) where for years, you know, it was just natural that, you know, people would get together regardless of the flags they fly. Um, I think you're right. I think people in the same markets even, which I find quite interesting, and I've had a couple situations where I've talked to two competitors, uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're talking to figure out what's going on. Right. You know, just the fact that they're talking is positive. Um, I think uh, one of the other things is that, and you know, again, a shout out to, to distribution. They're probably much less aggressive right now. Uh, tr- they're trying to help everybody. Yeah, and it's not right. you know, if the, oh well, you know, how much did you buy from me? That's how much you're going to get. Um, there's some of that, I'm sure, but uh, but you can just see it's a, it's a different environment uh, on the supply chain side because it's been disrupted some sometimes. Um, the other thing is that they're trying to figure out how to deal with, uh, how should I say it, uh, govern, governors that don't want to let ret- independent retailers open, but they let big boxes open. Uh, yeah. What do you do in a case like that? Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, and maybe more than dealers of different affiliations uh, talking, but it's dealers of different affiliations talking in states that are totally distant from states that are wide open. Right. And I think those are going to be some of the things that will really drive this, you know, return to brotherhood amongst the independents. Yeah. Cause it, let's face it. Nobody knows where the hell this is going. And right. everybody, everybody said, well, when do you think it's going to stop? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think without getting too much into the, the 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 COVID real side of stuff, but I mean, you know, there's a good lot of people that I respect opinions of that say we might see a resurgence come fall. You know, there's there's a lot of people that say without a vaccine, you know, we might be kind of tiptoeing for quite a while. So, um, you know, there, there is no, right? I mean, it's not, there's not where we can say, you know, like, uh, you know, forest fire season or tornado season or hurricane season will wait a month or two and it'll be gone and you don't really have to worry about that. This is something that, you know, I'm going to use a phrase that I swore I wasn't going to use, but the new normal of, of trying to figure out how to operate and that sense of cooperation that we have right now could be a big part of that. I mean, I know I would even take it beyond what you were saying. And, and I've talked to different retail associations representing different types of retailers who are wanting to share information and share uh, best practices across channels, book booksellers that want to talk to hardware retailers and sporting goods retailers and toy retailers that really kind of want to share what are you doing. And quite honestly, a lot of those guys are looking at hardware retailers as, as you guys are leading the way because you've been open. Now, as we're starting to open up, we need to, we need to get some insight for, from you because you've been functioning. Um, you guys are veterans at this. So these other types of retailers that are now newly opening up are saying, what, what, are, what are hardware guys doing? 
and, and so they're learning. So, so that's always good. What, what about, um, what about some of the lessons that the industry might learn? I mean, I know, you know, we were talking about the concept of more, maybe training customers to, to do more business online. Well, in some ways, as some of these large markets have, uh, you know, ACE was kind of the first market that had to cancel. And then we saw some other kind of dominoes fall. And now, and now Orville had announced that they're going to be uh, canceling their market in favor of an online buying event. And completely understandable why all that's happened. And we might, you know, who knows what's going to happen come this market season. But do you think retailers are going to kind of get trained in a different way around things like markets to say, you know what, maybe maybe a virtual market or a virtual buying event is kind of a good, I like that. Well, I think facing mortality is a great motivator. <laughs> it usually is, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I allowed the, you know, the organizations who have postponed or canceled what they're doing um, because of concerns over safety. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I think once they realize how to do this stuff without being there and, you know, I don't know how you, you can do it without shaking hands, but we're going to figure out how to do it. We've done it for three months now. Right. Right. Uh, but I think people are just going to be very, very comfortable with, how this new change is going to take place and you know what would you know the last event i was at was a a market and you know katie and i were there and every time somebody come in and shake their hands everybody jumped for the bottom yeah. <laughs> you know, so let's yeah. disinfect uh it's just a it's a different world uh, but i think they're going to adapt to it very quickly the other thing is that there has to be some tremendous savings on the cost of travel, the cost of putting on those that hopefully will be reinvested in technology, but also can trickle down to reduce the uh, cost of goods sold. So I think all of those things working together are almost a, a perfect storm, if you will. Yeah. But no, I, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, uh, I don't know how you are. I miss going in the stores. I mean, I really do. I, you know, we both travel around and we go to a lot of stores and all that. Um, but uh, I certainly don't miss getting on an airplane with somebody coughing because <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if I've seen anything throughout this, it's how great the U.S. consumer is in trying to be cautious. But then you have, it's like being back in grade school where, one or two or 10 or 20 are just being idiots and they ruin it for everybody. And I'll go back to mortality. I don't want a couple of people on a plane that just decide, you know, they're not going to cover their face at, uh, or be on an airline that decides they're going to let people sit in the middle seat. Um, I think those things are going to be on people's minds for a long time. Yeah, I would agree with you, Jim. And I think that you and I are both kind of in the same boat too. Cause I think two the last two of the last, at least three live events that I was at, you were at. <laughs> and, uh, and it, that's kind of the path we run, isn't it? It is. And for 25 years and, and, and I'm sure beyond I've measured my, my, uh, life, quite honestly, my year at the very least in 
what what trip I have to go on next. You know, it's always like, oh, well, I'm going to be home for this week, but then I'm out a week, then I'm going to be home for three days, then I go on another trip. And it's been very odd um, trying to function. I mean, this is literally, I don't know if it, I, it's probably this way for you. This has been the longest stretch that I have not traveled in at least two decades. It, it, you know, Me too. And, exactly. Uh, it, but that being said, I have learned a lot about how to use Zoom. Um, I was a complete idiot when it would come to that before, and I was very uh, hesitant to use it. But now I'm, I'm arguably rather comfortable using it. So I could see integrating this more into my day-to-day kind of work life. But well, I think our, our dealers will do that too. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. we work with quite a few chains, and they had to go through that exact same process because they couldn't bring – you know, the manager's in for a meeting. So how do you keep the touch with your management, you know, out in the field when you've got 35 or 105 stores? Um, Zoom helps in everything that goes along with that. You know, another thing too, not too off topic, but I don't care. Um, One of the things I've seen retailers do is really, for real delegate management responsibilities. Yeah, okay. As they had to. Right. And, you know, and the rewarding people. Um, so between, you know, the technology, the delegation that seems to be accelerating. Um, yeah, you know, the, the Zoom generation is here. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that it's also, again, I host two or three retailer roundtables every week and Scott Wright and out of NRHA, he's probably doing more than that. And there's a lot of people that are now comfortable with Zoom who are aren't in the demographic that you'd assume would be comfortable with Zoom because they've been they've been forced into it. And so I mean I think as it relates back to things like dealer markets and things like that, I see I think a lot of it is kind of things are getting broken down into their parts. What can you do right now? What can't you do right now? And what, what I think we're seeing on the dealer market side is, well, we can buy and sell stuff and we can offer deals. and we so, so that's one part of the dealer market experience that we can replicate online, you know. And so I, I think that's not to at all diminish the face-to-face interaction and the world-class speakers that usually are at these markets. Like, oh, I agree. Yeah. Like yourself and, and maybe <laughs> me, Jim, you know. But, but so, so seeing if this works, if you could do some of that buying and selling, maybe there are other opportunities to do that and make it more accessible for even more retailers. And, and, and so again, I think that some of what we're seeing right now, I I don't know that, um, you know, it's not an ideal situation, but I think we can maybe learn from it. And, and, and I think the wholesalers and other industry uh, organizers who put on events might think, you know, maybe there's ways to, to, to augment what we normally do with these kind of other experiences. Short term, it's absolutely going to be that way. Yeah. I think as we move forward, and, and again, I have no idea when there'll be a vaccine for this thing. Right. But we're going to, as we've learned a lot more today than we knew March 17th or whatever date it was, the uh, um, we'll understand what the interpersonal relationship and handshaking and you know what's missing on zoom is the camaraderie of seeing people that you've known for years uh, 
we'll see the degree with which that might be able to return, but also in what form. And that's going to be a real interesting scenario to see exactly what it is. Yeah. A lot, a lot of interesting things. And again, I, I know we, you know, the purpose of what we're trying to do on the podcast is there's plenty of opportunity to focus on the negative and, and what we're doing. We not, we're not trying in any way to diminish the, the, the real negative uh, impacts of, of what we're seeing. But, but I do think that some of these positive things come, some of the reexamination of how we go about business to possibly be more productive or, or appeal to a broader audience is going to be one of those positives that we see come out of this. Jim, just kind of to, to wrap things up, what do you kind of see right now as some of the longer term impacts that we might have? I mean, with things progressing as they are right now, do you think that the market's going to hold through the summer selling season? Do you think, you know, a lot of people have kind of predicted a fall sort of swoon where you might see some of that pro business fall off. What's your gut telling you right now? And, and, and maybe combine that a little bit with the numbers, but what, what do you think we're going to see? My gut combined with some numbers. That's an interesting proposition. <laughs> um, the, uh, I think summer will be strong. Um, I think we're, we're definitely seeing, um, you know, some cutbacks by people um, you know, on the remodeling side. You know, I don't know about you. I'm not sure I'd want to let a remodeling contractor in my house right now. Because no. you, you don't know where he was for breakfast or lunch, right? <laughs> um, but I think it's going to hold its own. Uh, I think the retail side will remain healthy uh, for a couple reasons. One is people aren't spending money if they're not out. And not for gas, not for entertainment. Um, so what do you do? And, you know, we've sat around and talked about this. You know, you're sitting in your house and you're looking, man, there's the 20 things I've been saying I'm going to do for the last five years. Well, by golly, let's get them done. And that's why it was good that we were deemed essential because people had a place to go for that. And I think that will continue. I think we're pretty, pretty blessed that this coming out, if you would, uh, coincided with the spring selling season um, you know, and, and maybe maybe all this stuff we see about uh, you know, people aren't just dis safe distancing which really bothers me a lot but uh, that's the way people are um, you know we might see a resurgence we might not um, again nobody knows how this thing operates you know you go back two months ago they said oh when it gets hot it'll go away that, that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? uh, but I think it's going to remain strong. Um, the other thing that I think we have to put confidence in is that we still have a supply issue on affordable housing, and that is going to drive demand certainly uh, for existing homes. Um, I don't know if you saw the existing home sale number yeah. that was released this morning. It was off the charts. You know, and uh, part of the reason why new new homes weren't was because some of some contractors just couldn't get the products, uh, which you know, we've seen some of that in, it, in our uh, COVID survey too. So I think it's going to be very stable, if not positive, uh, on the uh, on the pro side. I think on the consumer side, uh, it will definitely be robust. Maybe not up sixty percent like we've seen, because that pent up demand eventually will. What's the new term? It will eventually flatten out, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, but I 
I don't see any major, major problems ahead. Yeah. And I think that, um, uh, you know, we've also been very blessed as an industry to, uh, to not deal with what I'd hate to be the guy at the restaurant association, you know? Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I don't say that I'm not trying to sound flippant when I say that I genuinely mean uh, that, that, you know, we've been blessed as an industry to not have to face those kind of concerns of, of, you know, hearing as much as 30 to 40% of the businesses just will never reopen again. Um, and so I, I think we need to hold on to those things. And, and it has been a wild ride to this point as far as businesses go. And it seems like it's going to be a wild ride for the next couple months, but at least we're headed in the right direction. So, um, so I'd encourage folks that are listening to hang on to some of those positives. Think about what you've learned over these last couple months and, and how that can help you be a stronger business in the months to come. Jim, we always appreciate you coming on the program. Uh, I appreciate uh, what you do for the industry with Farnsworth. And again, head to the farnsworthgroup.com to go to their website to learn more about what they do and also learn about their COVID-19 tracker uh, index. Uh, and you can read Jim's prof- illustrious profile on the page and learn more about Jim Robish. Jim, I, I, I hope you're staying healthy and keeping well. <laughs> and and hopefully it's not too soon before we can maybe have a have a have a beer or a beer or a uh, a mixed drink perhaps uh, together once again. Uh, anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? No, just it's always a pleasure. Um, I think the biggest thing is that you know there's they all say there's light at the end of the tunnel, but I see a light just getting bigger. So again, to to all our retailer friends stay positive and keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's, I think a big thing that's going to happen is that there's going to be a lot of new customers that kind of forgot the independent that now have been reintroduced to the independent, but that doesn't mean they're naturally going to stay and not go back to a, a big box. Right. You gotta, you gotta take those people and keep them. And yeah. uh, that, that takes a little bit, but I think we're certainly up to the challenge. Very well said. Jim, thank you again, and thanks for being part of the industry. And and as always, we look forward to having you back again soon, and hopefully we'll be on the other side of this talking about how uh, the industry is continuing to surge. So thank you. You got it, man. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.